Hey nerds, welcome to The Captain's Quarters, the Star Trek rewatch podcast by Nerdific.com, where we are watching the entire Star Trek catalog starting at the beginning of the timeline, starting with Star Trek Enterprise. Today we're talking about Season 2, Episode 9, called Singularity. Aboard the USS Nerdific, we have me... Gabe and Captain Jason. Make it so, Jason. Oh, no, Gabe. You're the captain. This is your quarter. We're co-captains. We're the... Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. That's Has right. there yeah. ever been a Star Trek show with two captains? Co-captains? Um... Has there ever been a ship, a, a naval ship with two, with co-captains? I feel like this... No, I feel like it could but work. I think... Yeah, but I think you could make an argument that... That Spock in many ways was very much a co-captain and i think you could i think you could say that about a couple quite a few characters well like commercial airlines have co-pilots yeah mm -hmm. it's just good sense one guy gets tired one guy or guy or gal gets tired Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have a backup yeah someone someone has a heart attack right you're there you know and then you know it reduces the fatigue so basically, uh, the Coke. So listeners, I'm a huge airlines airplane like <laughs> nerd. So this is kind of one of my things, one of my jams. So um, yeah. So basically, uh, left seat is the technically the captain, um, and that you yes you do have two co-captains, um, and you switch between legs, right? So on one leg, the one pilot will be the captain. Uh, on the other leg, you'll flip over, you'll switch, and the captain who was the captain on the first leg will now become uh, the co-pilot, generally, on large airlines, is what happens. Okay. <clears throat> well, I would argue it, if it could work in that situation, it could work in a, na- <coughs> in a naval environment. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know, I... Yeah, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure. Okay. But I I think in this franchise, I think you could make, like, an argument that the executive officers or first first officers are so can become pseudo captains for sure. Okay. This episode is a prime example of that. I think. That's true. Well, in a nutshell, this episode. The Enterprise decides to explore a unique black hole nestled within a trinary star system. Uh, They're cruising at impulse. It'll take a few days to get there, which frees up the crew for some other activities. Captain Archer uses the chance to work on a preface for a book about his father. Uh, Captain Commander, I'm sorry, (laughs) Commander Tucker uh, is uh, trying to fix Archer's chair. Uh, Archer basically kind of whispers to him, like, my chair's not comfortable. I can't, like, recline in it without falling out. Um, Sato volunteers to help in the galley. It's the first time we've seen the kitchen, the galley. That's true, yeah. I, th- I think this is the first time we've seen the galley. Yeah. Yeah. Reed is Which was kind of cool. Yeah, Reed is working on some new security protocols. And uh Ensign Mayweather has a headache, so he goes to sickbay 
and Phlox is trying to solve the headache. So that's the start of it, but the crew starts to become sort of hypervigilant, obsessive, compulsive. Yeah. Irritable. Irritable. Something weird's going on. They're yeah. they're all like very like uh um what's the what's the phrase I'm thinking of? They're just they're very like um like alpha energy, like just like Oh yeah super mm-hmm. just hyper focused hyper focused thing that they yeah. Yeah, they're just keyed in on like mundane little things. I mean like how st- yeah. how stupid is Tucker's chair task? Actually, so <laughs> it is kind of stupid, but at the same time, he tees up some things that interesting things in his uh, discussion with Reed in that, you know, he wants to um, put the, he wants to improve the, the status display and like put a tactical analysis readout and stuff like that, um, which sounds mundane, but actually is something that we see later on in, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation and, you know, um, and in Star Trek The Original Series, which is, you know, years and years and years um, after this. So we actually, he kind of tees up what the captain's chair will have in the future, which was kind of interesting. I like that. That is pretty cool. But I mean, but on the same hand, though, He's talking about like oh, yeah. adding a oh, adding yeah. a cup holder, you know. Oh yeah, he won. He wanted to like he wanted to tear down the entire chair and rebuild it from scratch, and you know, because he said, you know, this is the chair that we used on warp two ships, and this is a warp five ship, and you need to have a an, a throne, Captain <laughs> Archer. You need a throne. Yeah, that's true. Well. And the thing with Reed, okay, so Reed is like thinking about their sort of readiness for an attack or something that bad happens. And he's like, he's basically not impressed with how they've responded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Reed comes from a long line of sort of naval, um, you know, like sort of British uh, Navy, like just like it's from generations of just that mindset. And, uh, Archer says to him, well, this isn't a warship, you know, like, yeah, I don't know that everyone needs to like man their battle stations. And so, but Reed kind of, uh, he kind of disregards those orders and just starts he totally does. go ahead, goes ahead and just starts building out this protocol himself. And this is, I think this felt like to me, the Genesis of red alert. Hey, by the way, I said British Navy. I meant Royal Navy. Is that accurate? Royal is that Navy, accurate? Yeah. Royal Navy. It's accurate. That's accurate. Is, was, That's accurate. is Reed Reed British? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. However, I'm not sure. In 2152, I'm not sure if the United Kingdom is still the United Kingdom. It is that unclear. It's inc- it's a little bit unclear. Okay. He may have said British. Um, maybe. Um, but we're not sure if. England, Scotland, Wales, and the Republic of uh, Northern Ireland are still one com- one union uh, in the United Kingdom. I mean, it's technically still British because 
You know, it's he's English, and he, you know, England is part of the okay. British Isles, but yeah, okay. Technically, I'm not sure if if he's quote unquote British. Okay, all right. Well, that's a good. Th- that's a good. Uh, you know, yeah, unsure thing to think what about. The status of the United Kingdom is okay, but what is Red Alert? Yeah, so Red Alert is where hey, the sh- the the shields are raised. The weapons are charged, uh, you know, uh, you know, you're on alert status of either an enemy or an unknown uh, alien or, you know. Yeah. Okay. And that's something that's established in Star Trek lore. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so in the, in, the, in this particular episode, uh, you know how they're talking about the tactical alertness and I don't want to give away too much because we're going to get there at the end. It gets there to the end of the episode. Um, but it puts the ship on combat alert, basically. And they even have the beginnings of the, of the noise. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, and they do call that out in the episode, too. They're like, can we pick a different noise? Or a different yeah. alarm. Yeah. That was... I felt like that was sort of a an inside joke. Like, like that was the noise from future shows, but they're like, man, that's a annoying. A little bit. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> it's real close. Okay. You're like, oh, that's Red Alert. You know, everyone to battle stations. Nice. Well, okay, so the thing with Archer, so... There's a biography about his dad, who is a famous uh, rocket scientist. Uh, mm-hmm. And so the beginning scene kind of shows like a computer screen and it shows um, just like a blurb from like the manuscript or whatever. And you actually have to pause it to read it. And I did I did pause it and I read okay. it. And it's really okay. it's really just talking about um, Archer's dad. Uh, it wasn't sure. it wasn't anything to. Uh, too nerdy to actually talk okay. about, but it, it was uh, it was actually talking about his dad, which I thought was oh, kind of cool. Okay, okay, so it wasn't like a recipe for right. You know, yeah, no, it was a real like chocolate cake or anything. Right. Yeah, it was. Okay. It was real. Um, okay, because I know a lot of other uh, series will you know will do like just random whatever. kind of those random things, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, well, and so so Archer, you know, he only has to write a page, but the preface, yeah, yeah, because because everyone is sort of this like hyper vigilant or whatever it is is uh, he, you know he's kind of going around to people and basically trying to break his own writer's block by like kind of like asking them uh, for assistance, but also like he can't be bothered with anything. And there's major stuff happening, uh, and he can't, like, be bothered with anything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, just as the episode goes on, it just it gets more and more intense with all the characters. Yes. But it becomes clear that, like, people who are in charge of important things are incapacitated. Even though they're yeah. conscious and they're, like, hyper-focused on some mundane task, so they're incapable. So do you think that, like, yeah. led to... Um led to them like being sleep deprived and that's why they or i know they go into it and i don't know what happens when you're 
prefrontal cortex like gets larger but well i was wondering like were they working themselves to the point of exhaustion that's why they were passing out dropping like flies all over the ship so okay so basically here well let's i think we can get there okay so yeah okay. so uh to paul is the only one who is not in um hyper focus mode and she basically figures out that like as they're getting towards this black hole there's like a radiation and the radiation yeah. is causing these behavioral changes right and it really comes to a head to the point where flocks is is literally going to do a lobotomy on mayweather to so right. to solve his headache and i mean so the whole episode you know there's kind of um a- alarm bells going off into paul's head and it just comes to a head with this this flocks thing in sick bay and then she like she basically does the nerve pinch yeah and and uh, knocks out flocks so i guess t- to answer your question i don't i assumed she nerve pinched everybody on board oh interesting okay it didn't seem like that was the case um it seemed like that there were deuterious effects that we weren't that I, that you know as viewers we weren't you know privy to know like what was happening other than they were being exposed to this trinary radiation is that what it that yeah i think it it was a trinary radiation uh exposure that they were being Mm-hmm. Uh, exposed to, but well, okay. So I think we agree the show does not explain, but it was it was either the radiation or she went around and nerve pinched everyone, right. right? But 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 the what I was wondering about the impact of the radiation, I was curious. Is it you know? I wonder if it was just because of the radiation or it was the this keyed up, amped up, hyper focused. Oh, that they got yeah. so in tuned with right. that they you know just passed you know out. and they got irritable you know uh short-tempered that kind of seemed to me like that they were all like sleep deprived right right yeah they're all yeah and then they all just kind of you know well I, lose consciousness yeah because of that and that makes sense that's certainly possible and i did google um effects of radiation on behavior and there was an uh, NIH article online that talked about low dose radiation, and the and it does affect behavior. So, oh, okay. I, so I don't think that was something they made up. I think they they oh, okay. borrowed that from real world uh, radiation. Oh, okay. But okay. but the article I read, it didn't sound like there was a situation where um, there wouldn't also be permanent damage. Whereas sure. it, whereas in mm-hmm. this episode it's obviously temporary but um to paul puts it together that something's going on and luckily flox's examination of mayweather resulted in a lot of data gathering and to paul is smart enough to use that data right to see that um it was the radiation that was causing this yep but she she basically throws archer into a shower rinses him off wakes him up coffee uh gives him coffee and gives him a pep talk too like hey like i can't i can't fly the ship by myself we're coming into like this like asteroid field and 
I, I need you to wake up so we can fly out of here. And so she wakes him up and convinces him to like, uh, to kind of shake off whatever this, this behavior is. And, um, she, uh, her, her and Archer are barely able to fly out of this asteroid field and they get clear of it. And then everybody's over their radiation poisoning with the help of, um, Reed's read alert, tactical alert. Right. Um, so basically before this tactical alert, they would have to charge up the phasers, but being put into this quote unquote red alert, the char- the um it automatically uh charges up the weapon and they're able to fire uh a, a phaser burst at this huge huge asteroid. Mm-hmm. Huge. Yeah. Yep, that was pretty cool that so everyone kind of once they get clear of the radiation field everyone kind of snaps out of it yeah um but but reed inadvertently saved the day by focusing on this readiness like you said Mm -hmm. the ship was ready to to fire on this asteroid and they they would not have cleared it without that right but it it continues this this reed redemption arc that we've had for the past couple episodes with Oh, him, good point. Yeah, him being more optimistic two episodes ago, um, and then uh, last episode there was something else, and then with this one, you know, he saves the day, and he's not—he's no yeah. longer this like kind of old school, traditional, like sort of just like um, you know, I—I I think that like those those things were like portrayed as weaknesses maybe as his you know like you know he's too militaristic or something but Mm. in this case his vigilance paid off so so do you think this is that was that's a um that's a that it's a um it's something because he's surrounded by rowdy americans for the most part uh that he stands out <laughs> no 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 that his viewpoint is starting to change because he's oh. surrounded by oh. rowdy americans archer tucker at al mayweather <laughs> <laughs> oh by the way it was only one episode ago when he was the optimistic one which was growth for right. his character it was right um, yeah he was the one that the thought that they were going to get saved right um, I think to your point, I think, I think yes, uh, yes, I, I, because because it started with the um, the pessimism versus optimism thing. Yep. And I and I, when Flox talks about humans and their optimism and stuff like that, I I kind of look at him as talking about Americans. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. Like I feel like I hope that's I hope that's true. I feel like I, hope that's I feel true. like the cultural stuff that Flox like sort of pinpoints about yeah. quote unquote humans. I think it's really like American. It's like this blind, like it's like uh, American exceptionalism. It's a uh-huh. it's a belief that we're exceptional. I hope that's true. I wonder if that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point though. I don't know, but yeah. So I I think I think that it would be. We scare Americans scare a little more easily now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well. But not to get political or anything. No, that's all right. Um. Yeah, and then like you said, uh, in the galley, I actually didn't know that a kitchen was called a galley. Mm-hmm. Is that a naval thing? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, it's a maritime thing. And yeah, it, yeah, it's a it, in general, it's a maritime thing. Okay. Yeah. With Sato, what was the recipe she was cooking? Do you remember? Oh yeah, she was making um, Japanese fish cake soup. Okay. A fish cake, uh, in a soup, but, and she got all. But that was a family uh, recipe, right? Right. And so um, she was, she was really d- worried that um, Reed didn't eat it, and he said it was he made a, go- a comment like it was too salty and so she started to obsess right over the next couple of dishes that she was making and whether it was too salty mm-hmm. why was she helping in the galley was the chef out of commission yeah so the chef was out of commission okay yeah he had gotten sick okay yeah okay. and the other thing i want to point out is cool uh i wrote this down um the the menu sounded looked good because it said uh weeks dinner menu uh it looked it said peach cobbler plummy tea argelian coleslaw lamb and beef in soy fondue and french fries so i did pause to write I that did. down and i was like oh that's that looked good i paused as well i didn't write it down because i wanted to read through it to see if anything interesting was there but yeah i was surprised at how sort of fancy some of the meals were yeah one vulcan dish plomik i think it's a vulcan dish oh okay interesting i did not catch that yeah well um you know i didn't think that this episode had uh i i don't know i feel like a lot of these episodes are sort of like um parables i don't know i don't know what the lesson was in this this episode i thought it was a good opportunity for characters to grow um like reed especially um but i didn't know besides that yeah i'm not sure if there was that much to grow um in this or take away less you know any takeaways really mm-hmm. um what did what did you like it, about this episode oh um i i i did li- i did enjoy the the genesis of the couple of nerdy kind of things um and then i also enjoyed the fact that that this was kind of like a puzzle of these um that you had to, that they had to solve um specifically to Paul with the help of Archer and Flocks in a in a not a direct way but this was to me just like a puzzle solving episode and you're like oh what is causing this is it a bacterium is it Right. You know, well, particularly because it's causing these because it things. started with saying the chef was sick. You kind of, for me, right. I automatically automatically assumed everybody was sick. 
Right, yeah. right, right. And since you're in space, you know, it's a little bit more challenging to figure out what is happening. Is it, you know, a parasite, bacterium, you know, uh, a virus, uh, you know, something that they had picked up uh, from the uh, the colony in the last episode? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure, and so it was interesting. So I always enjoy these episodes because of its, you know, trying to crack and solve, you know, crack the code and solve the case and yeah, figure out what's what's going on uh, and what's happening to them. Yeah. What about you? Um. Yeah. No, I I agree. I I liked that part too. Uh, I do wonder though. Why do you think T'Pol was unaffected? Do you think it was? Vulcan physiology? Not so not her command over her brain? Oh, I think so too. I think there yeah, I think that there's definitely um a little bit of physiology, but then her mental discipline for sure probably played a little bit into it. Okay. I couldn't tell you, you know, in percentage wise, which I think is more which was more important, but you know, Vulcans are stronger mentally more t- tough you know all those kinds of things compared to humans mm-hmm. and it makes sense that she would be the detective to figure out um, what's going on right yeah well that was pretty much it for me was there anything else you wanted to talk about with this one uh, no I think that was it um, you know I you know I I I don't want listeners to come away thinking that we didn't like the episode. It's just, this is another one of those Star Trek episodes where they're not fighting an alien or they're not combating, you know, anything that's tangible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's radiation. Um, So it's, it, it, it is one of those episodes where you do have to watch right <laughs> you know and it actually was a very visual episode there yeah. there was you know just with the uh the biography the menu like those things played a big part like in like adding to the world they were building in this episode but then i agree but then at the end especially with the asteroid field and just the ship kind of shaking and just like them really just like i mean they barely made it out right by the skin of their teeth basically so yeah so that you know that's a really good point and i kind of want to build on that i want to say that this episode is a building character franchise kind of episode in a small way um, but still, you know, piece by piece, they're building this crew and that the fact that they came to blows with one another, you know, there was actually a little bit of physicality mm-hmm. and, yeah, you know, heated disagreements. Right. Which you don't often see in the Star Trek universe you see not to say that doesn't happen it's less Mm -hmm. uh so but yeah yeah that's you got to see the 
disagreements. Right. Whether it be because of the the radiation exposure or not, but mm-hmm. we did get to see it. Oh, and I wanted to point out that this episode took place around August the 11th, 12th to 14th. Mm-hmm. 15th, maybe? Uh, because, August 14th. Uh, Paul is the one uh, who is entering the log. Okay. And I think that might be the first time that we didn't get the captain's log. It was Sciencer's officer's log. Oh, right, right, right. Which we get to see in later iterations of the franchise. Right. But I think this was the first time we got the crew member. Okay. That we got um to Paul's log entry and not the captain's. Interesting. August 14th. So she was kind of telling a story. This episode was her telling the story of how they got right to where they are right to where they were yep yeah that was kind of cool since the crew had already been incapacitated by august the 14th right and she said two days ago so i surmise 11 12 somewhere in there okay yep good catch well was there anything else with this one uh no i don't think anything all right man did you hear that um there are rumors going on that feloni that dave feloni and john favreau are writing a new movie no i did not Uh, yeah a new trilogy wow a trilogy yeah rumors Man, I hope so. That's going to be genius. That'd be that'd be great news. It'd be cool if it's true. Yeah. Episode uh, 10, 11, and 12, huh? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, that'd be great. With the potential that it could scrub a little bit of seven eight and nine <laughs> i'm not saying that i want that i'm not saying i don't but it'd be interesting oh man all right well yeah i'll have to look that up so but again it's only a rumor so you know take it as you will you know don't forget the 90 second rule of acquisition about rumors here all believe nothing <laughs> um all right well thanks for listening everyone follow us on twitter follow us on spotify subscribe subscribe on itunes also i'm looking for people to play star trek online with um trying to build out my gaming studio and I've got internet to it. It's a shed in my backyard and I'm trying to spiffy it out, but I've got ethernet out there now. I just tested it last night, but I'm looking for people who know the the ropes for Star Trek Online. And I wanna, I wanna play with people because to me that's the allure of playing online is you get to play with yeah, other, pe- definitely, other people. Definitely, definitely, so. definitely. To put a team together, get your friends. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, 
Anyone just What's your uh what's your Star Trek online name? Uh I don't know off the top of my head. It's probably oh, okay. it's probably just Nerdific, but um Oh, okay. Anyone listening to this who's who's into it just tweet at me and uh I'd love to be able to play. So Uh with that being said, uh live long and prosper and we'll see you next time. May the force be with you. Bye.